All right, everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Your Pittsburgh Steelers are now 2-0 and on the season. And, if you know, look, it's 2-0. and You don't care how you get to 2-0 and in the NFL. You take it and you run with it. Um, that doesn't mean that, that the team is playing flawlessly because there's plenty of things that uh, uh, could, could stand some improvement. And there's some things that are going very, very well. And uh, that's that's where you are after two games, especially after two games when you've had no preseason work whatsoever. And uh, of course, this week they get the Houston Texans coming into town. And um, uh, you know, here with me to discuss all that are, are uh, Ian and Ben. And uh, Ben, uh, you know, you, things are a little bit better out there in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Not not as much uh, craziness with forest fires going on, right? Yeah, they're good. I mean, things are are under control anyway. Well, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, yep. and yeah, and and Ian, uh, thing things going uh, as well as can be in the uh, uh, Steel City. Yeah, things are good here. Steelers are two and zero, um, and as far as uh, the the sort of opening up of stadiums and such, we got some good news today that Allegheny County um, basically eliminated their restrictions that they had mm-hmm. put in place, which were stricter than the state restrictions um, on gathering limits. So, um, not only does that potentially reopen, you know, bars, restaurants, place of business, but also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stadiums for games, including Heinz Field. Um, and that's kind of a statewide thing that both Pittsburgh and Philadelphia had said no fans in either the Steelers uh-huh. or Eagles games for the month of September, but we're getting to the end of September here. So that may uh, come to a change here shortly. We'll keep our eyes on that. What are they, what are they talking about percentage wise? How, how many fans in? They they haven't even said a number yet. Um, no, it's it's been a back and forth thing. Um, without getting into too much detail, there was a right. lawsuit between um, some of the counties and the governor, and the federal court found in favor of the counties that the governor's um, gathering limit restrictions were unconstitutional under the oh assembly clause. Um, yeah, oh and then simultaneously, the state uh, legislature passed a bill um, to allow school districts to make a decision on how many uh, fans could be allowed at high okay. school events. Okay. Um, and then the governor vetoed that bill. But the the current belief and understanding is that the federal court's unconstitutional ruling is more important than the governor's veto of that bill. So basically, school districts can still decide or mm-hmm. organizations and institutions like the Steelers could decide um, on what they want the gathering limit to be um, and how many people they're going to let in. So this is kind of the first weekend that from a high school standpoint, uh, stadiums are opening up a little bit more beyond parents. Um, some stadiums are talking about letting in a thousand, 2000 people. Um, so we'll mm-hmm. see um, as it develops, but I'd imagine that the Steelers will come out with something relatively soon on a policy for fans this season. Cause there were some fans that had season tickets that held right. onto them and, and didn't sell them back. So um, I'm not sure how it's going to work for those fans, uh, but we'll, We'll keep our eye on that and uh, report back when something. Yeah, happens. it it's been you know fascinating, frustrating, all of the uh, superlatives there, and and uh, my my son will finally get to kick his season off. At, at least I hope so. They were they were canceled last week because of a positive test, and uh, it's it's basically just parents only. Everybody gets two uh, two vouchers to get in. Every player, I should say, and every coach, and uh, so it's going to be sparse in the stands. But it, it's a good start, and and I'll take it. Um, the Steelers are fresh off of a 26-21 win over the Denver Broncos. And, um, Ben, just, just give me your general thoughts on, on what you saw on Sunday, uh, from, from the black and gold here. Well, (laughs) um, dramatic pause. Who's cracking a beer? Yeah, I was. Initially, uh, you know, they came out and they looked all right. Uh, not yeah. great. It was a little sloppy. Um, but I was like, okay, it's a little sloppy, but it's it's early. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, it, it's like I've, we've been talking about for the first few weeks or a month, uh, nobody's going to play great football. I, I just don't see that um, with, with rare exception. I mean, you look at, mm-hmm. at what the Chiefs did this weekend and, they struggled and had to needed overtime to beat the Chargers, who 
we're starting a quarterback who'd never started an NFL game before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the the Saints, the vaunted Saints went to the lowly Las Vegas Raiders and lost. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Brees looks mortal. Everybody just looks sloppy right now. And, and yep. that's kind of what we expected. Um, and I think later on in the season, uh, Denver is going to do some good things, although they're pretty beat up right now after the oh. Steelers game. But they're going to do some good things, and, and people are going to look back at this loss and go – or, excuse me, loss. They're going to look back at this game and go, <laughs> yeah, that, that isn't a game that we would have been – we would have been ashamed to lose now because um, yeah. this is a better team than we thought they were when they came into Pittsburgh at, at 0-1. Um, but, you know, late in the game, there were some mental errors mm-hmm. in particular mm-hmm. – um, Terrell Edmonds, who had a, a couple of huge gaffes, uh, just unex- inexplicable, just unexcusable mm-hmm. nonsense um, on the defense. And it's like things like that where one guy blows an assignment can can it's all it takes. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and end up with a score. So, I, you know, he did it. He got that sack um, early on in the game. He almost had a pick. He was in a position to make a pick. Uh, he dropped it. I was encouraged by that early in the game because mm-hmm. even though he didn't make the play, he was in a position to do so. And I was like, oh, you know, that's an improvement. That's a step forward. And I, yeah. I like that. So I was encouraged early on. And then he had that sack later. And I was like, ah, you know, he had a pretty decent game. And then I watched the film and I was like, oh, my God, he was terrible. <laughs> he, I mean, seriously, because you can't, you can't really see the defensive backfield. No, that's true. You can't really tell whose fault it is. You can't really get a sense for what has transpired and and how the the routes all developed and who had who until you look at the film and watch it that way. Mm-hmm. And watching that, Edmonds was awful, man. Uh, he just he was terrible, and is clearly clearly the weakest link of the defense. Mike Hilton had a huge game. Uh, Tuitt and Hayward were monsters all day mm-hmm. long. Uh, TJ Watt had a nice game. Yep. Bud Dupree continues to impress. It's too bad he's going to be gone next year. Yes, he is. Um, it, it looked, when I was watching the game, like uh, Devin Bush was was getting victimized a little bit. That wasn't the case. Uh, he was just put in some bad positions from a cover standpoint because of mental errors made by Edmonds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looked bad in the, in the end uh vince williams still can't cover it is what it is but yeah, yeah. he is a reliable tackler good yep. blitzer i like having him around smart player defense looks good um i thought vince that, williams is leading the league in tackles for loss right now cool i thought that dotson, damn. i thought that dotson played a really nice game really nice game yeah. Um, he was particularly impressive in short yardage, but you know, we, we knew he was gonna be a road grader. Yeah, we knew he was gonna be a road grader as a run blocker, and and no surprise, he is. Chuk Sakorafor, nice game. Really nice game. Yeah. Now, granted, you know, he's he wasn't going against great competition this week, but it was a nice mm-hmm. game. Um he's got his work cut out for him this week with, with Watt, who lines up all over the place and he's gonna right. They're going to put him against the weakest player. They're, you know, the guy they perceive to be the weakest player. Mm-hmm. So, with with a core four being kind of a more of a finesse tackle, I would expect them to line up Watt against him quite a bit this week. Um, Filer, not all that great in pass coverage. I didn't think um, Al looked pretty okay. He's still a solid technician. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben. Ben was not did not have his best day, and and he acknowledged that after the game. He did uh, very hard on himself. Threw some some balls behind receivers who made the play anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, receivers all looked good. Uh, Eric Ebron cannot block to save his life. No, he cannot. Um, <laughs> dropped the ball too. Um, you know that that really pretty much. Oh, James Conner, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that James Conner had a, a pretty nice game. Um, yeah. I still don't see the burst that I'm used to seeing out of him. I still wonder if that if that ankle is gimpy and it, if it hasn't been for a while. Okay. Um, I don't think he's yeah. quite 100%, but he had a nice game. He really did. Uh, and, uh, you know, 
Benny Snell, that fumble was Ugh. potentially really costly. Really, mm-hmm. really Two costly. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, that he needs to get that together, man. Um, there's no way he should be a starter right now. I, I hope everybody realizes that. No, I agree. You can't be doing that. No. Um, yeah, uh, Ian. What What is your your takeaway uh, uh, from from Sunday's win? So, most importantly, and mm-hmm. let's keep this in mind because we've talked a lot on the the podcast before about how you know without a preseason, the whole month of September really was like an extended preseason, and yeah. you just wanted to stack as many wins as possible. Sure. So the two yep. the two most important things that happened in this game were that we won the game, mm-hmm. unlike. <laughs> yeah, which which sounds like obvious, oh, I... but the way that Twitter reacted, you would think that we did what the Saints did and lost by ten when we actually won the game and are two and zero. So we yeah. won the game, most importantly. But second, and almost equally as important, we didn't have any significant injuries. And given well, the more or less uh, mm-hmm. bloodbath around the league oh, of season-ending injuries, specifically brutal. like soft tissue ACL injuries. Um, you know, we, we had a couple bumps and bruises, as Mike Tomlin would say, you know, that comes mm-hmm. with playing in the National Football League, but nothing, you know, no season ending injuries at this point well, in time. You're, you're uh, right about about that, although um, Juju has not practiced the last two days because of a knee injury. Uh, it's now there's now a question about whether or not he's going to play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and he had that same knee injury last year. Um, so. I don't know. I'm a little bit leery about it because because he's already had that injury history. So, yeah. right. so tomorrow yeah. becomes a huge day. Yeah. yeah, but like Denver, who we played, lost Cortland Sutton for the whole season. Yeah, and ACL. Yeah, and, yeah, their, quarterback. and their quarterback separated his shoulders, so or sprained his AC joint. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So given <laughs> given that perspective, and they'd already lost a couple guys on defense coming into yep. the week. So, um, you know, given that perspective. And what happened with San Francisco and, you know, the Giants with Saquon Barkley going down and Carolina, not that Carolina was going anywhere, but Christian McCaffrey, which is really the only reason we're watching Carolina this season now for several (laughs) weeks. So it's it was it was a bad week for injuries. And we're lucky that we escaped without any really, really significant ones or season ending ones. So small bumps and bruises. Yes, but no significant season ending injuries. Um, I, I will echo one, one thing yeah. real quickly, and then I'll, I'll let you keep going. Uh, since you brought up the injuries, Drew Locke, uh, the way that he was injured on that play, mm-hmm. everyone should go back and look at it if you have an opportunity and see what a quarterback is not supposed to do uh-huh. in that situation. There was no way for him to get out of there and get rid of that ball. He had no opportunity pr- to protect it or himself. He should have mm-hmm. just gone down. Yeah. And that's why he lost both the ball and separated his AC joint, or, or excuse me, sprayed his AC joint. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to be out for a little while. That was really, really dumb play by the young quarterback. That's an experience thing, don't you think, though? I mean, he started, what, six games now? Seven? Yeah, I just get the you sense know. that he's a little bit careless. He's a little bit carefree. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're a young quarterback and you're Ben Roethlisberger size, you're 6'5 and you weigh 250, you can get away with that crap because you're so yeah. strong that it yeah. doesn't matter. If you're Cam yeah. Newton or Ben yeah. Roethlisberger, you can get away with that, you know, careless kind of stuff. If you're not, mm-hmm. you can't. <laughs> so you, you just can't do it. And And maybe in college you can get away with that crap but in the nfl you're gonna get smacked yeah anyway yeah 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 Yeah. um so ben ben covered a lot of the specifics um so i won't I, I agree with everything you said. Um, I, I'll also add that Chase Claypool was really good. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah. He's a, he's a decent young man. Yeah. <laughs> he is a decent young man. I mean, two man. catches, but they were money. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I I want to talk about play calling, which offensively was bad. Um, I mean, <laughs> how many how many times do we need to see a draw play on second and 10? Second third and 18 was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you Denver know, got back into the game in the second half partially because we went into an offensive shell from a play calling standpoint. Um, yes, 
Ben Roethlisberger made some poor decisions, especially on the interception, was just a mm-hmm. terrible decision. Some credit to Denver there that they had really good coverage on the play. They did. Um, but, you know, I, I went back and rewatched that from the All-22, and the receivers were blanketed. Ben's really only choice would have been to try and chuck it deep for Deontay on the third and fi- or to check it down, but on third and 15 from midfield. I, I understand what Ben was thinking, you know, try and get the first down, try and get us into field goal range, but it was just, it was a, Poor decision and an even mm-hmm. worse throw. Yeah, he threw um, it short and inside, and it was just bad. Yeah, bad, he, bad, bad, bad. Yeah, uh, Ben got away with a couple other throws that were questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, the I will say the touchdown to Deontay Johnson. Um, yep. Probably if they don't have a you know undrafted free agent cornerback trying to cover him, it might get intercepted. Yeah, but I thought um, so too. That's also a throw that only Ben Roethlisberger makes. You know, we talked a lot last year about how Mason Rudolph was afraid to throw the ball if guys weren't Big Twelve open, if they were just NFL open. He was, he wasn't throwing it. How, yeah, how yeah. Hodges had the the intestinal fortitude to throw the ball, but didn't have the arm strength didn't or accuracy arm. to get every anywhere close. So that's the kind of throw that Ben Roethlisberger is the only quarterback on our roster capable of making. And he's always played like that. He's always been yes, a gunslinger yep, yes. and always taking those chances. And yep. you're going to get touchdowns and you're going to get picks. And we got a touchdown this time. And if you want those touchdowns, you got to be willing to live with the picks. So yeah. it is what it is. Um, the one other thing I'll say is the defense did give up some big plays. But the one thing that was really cool to see in this game was it mm-hmm. seemed like after every time they gave up a big play, they came up with their own big play right afterwards. Whether it was even, you know, giving up a third down conversion, then the, the next play they either got a sack or, you know, a tackle for a loss on a running mm-hmm. play or something to to set Denver back. You know, Denver hit a long pass down the field and got into field goal range, and we got two sacks to knock them back out knock of field goal out. range. I or, or I, I yeah. I never felt like this game was was going out of control. I mean, I, I talked to people on Twitter this week who were like, no, they almost lost. They almost lost. Well, first of all, almost losing is called winning. And it's like, <laughs> it's like almost being late is called being on time. Yeah. And, and second, it just seemed like exactly what Ian said. Every time they screwed up, they'd come back with a big play. Mentally, they were never out of it. They never lost momentum. And I was like, okay, so you guys made mistakes, and you came right back and hit them in the mouth. And that's yep. what I liked about this defense. And it was like, we, we're never out of games because of this D. And it's still early. They're not even hitting their peak yet. No, no, totally agree. Yep. Yeah. The, you know, what, other, so go I, ahead. Two other closing thoughts real quick. Denver was a seven and nine team last year, so they they were not this was not a terrible squad. This was not a five and eleven Chargers team that we got taken to overtime by. Um that you know, well and a lot of people on Twitter were I think from what I saw, Steelers fans reacted worse than Chiefs fans did getting taken to overtime by the Chargers, or than Saints fans did for losing to friggin' Raiders. So you know, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. I think part of it is that Baltimore looks so good at this point in the year that people are freaking out about that. But remember, Baltimore has a very unique and difficult offense to defend. That's not an offense that you see every week. Mm-hmm. And so far this year, teams that have been able to come out and run the ball have been some of the most successful teams just because of that lack of practice time that there wasn't a preseason to prepare. Um, you know, and, and like we talked about, Drew Brees looks mortal. A lot of these other quarterbacks are, are having trouble with timing and accuracy in the passing game. And that stuff will come around as the season goes on. But for right now, really, the teams that are looking good are the ones that can run the ball and, and run the ball effectively like Baltimore. But as we've seen time and time again, you don't want to peak in September. You want to peak no. in December and January. So yep. Baltimore might look about like, Thanksgiving. Yeah, Baltimore might look like the team to beat right now. But let, let's see what happens when we get to the end of the year and, and who's hot then, because the complexion of this league changes every three to four weeks, and and yep. with injuries that can happen. The one other thing I'll mention, since Ben talked about how terrible um, Terrell Edmonds was, and he was awful, <laughs> oh. uh, it, it is it was not lost on me that even though he made the essentially game-saving play with that sack, yeah. the Steelers, whether it was intentional or unintentional, took their worst coverage player out of coverage and sent him mm-hmm. on a blitz at the biggest moment in the game. Mm-hmm. Now, he made the play, credit to him, he made the play yeah. got the yeah. sack, but they also took him out of coverage at the most important play of the game. 
Well, you know, I, I, you know I, I did just want to mention, you know, real quick, we, we talked a little bit about injuries and stuff. You know, Baltimore did lose uh, Tavon Young, their cornerback. He's out for the season. Um, so it, 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 the injury bug is is getting everybody. Uh, might not have necessarily been in week two. When, you know, obviously we lost Zach Banner in week one. But um, so it is everywhere. Um, let, let's stay on Edmonds for a minute um you know it's it's no secret that people constantly harp on the fact that we never should have taken them there were so many guys we could have taken blah 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 um it is what it is he was the Steelers first round draft pick uh three years ago and and uh, Ben where are we with this guy because he didn't play well he's become a liability in coverage um, I, I mean, are you, where are you? I mean, are you ready to just throw the towel in or are you going to give this guy a little more, a little more, uh, rope here? Well, I mean, personally, I don't think it's time to move on from him. He's, mm-hmm. he's too talented. Um, the, the issues that Edmonds is having are mental mistakes and, it's a it's a theme it's continual so yeah, yeah it makes you wonder if he's ever gonna if it's ever gonna the light bulb's ever gonna pop and and you know it's all of a sudden go on and like oh okay yeah i get it now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know he's heading into Artie burns territory where the team is going to make a decision and bring in somebody to compete with him some journeyman strong safety yeah yeah <laughs> and that guy may beat him out because he's sound from an assignment standpoint and Edmonds is not. And that, you know, I mean, that same thing basically happened to Burns, you know, he got beat out by, by Cody a corner. Yeah. yeah. That, that isn't a good corner by any stretch of the imagination. He's really a guy who should be a backup, but he beat out Burns anyway, because he didn't make mental mistakes. And the same thing may happen not this year, but next mm-hmm. with Edmonds, in my opinion. Um, so, you know, we'll see. And if, obviously if that happens, they'll actually, they got to make a decision on this fifth year option this year. Yeah. Yeah. This is a fourth year, right? Yeah. No, it's uh, third. Oh, it's just third. Okay. So we'll have to yeah. make this. Okay. Yeah. You make it after the third year. That's right. Um, so, you know, I'm not ready to say this guy's, trash it is still early in a season where there's been no preseason there wasn't a whole lot of team activity this year Mm -hmm. but he looks sloppy he he played one of the worst games he's ever played on sunday is is his and and just to add to that too he played bad and the Steelers were doing things to try and shield him in coverage. They played him a lot yep. sort of underneath in the middle and almost that like at the linebacker level. And a lot of times it was either Minka as a single high or sort of a cover three look with, you know, Hayden and um, Nelson out on the corners. Nelson. Or um, the, the other thing they did was there were times when Vince Williams went off and they brought Cam Sutton in and Cam Sutton essentially played like the second safety role in a cover two and yeah. Edmonds was still down in the box. So it wasn't only that Edmonds played bad, but he wasn't even like playing as a deep safety all that often. A lot mm-hmm. of his game was in the box and he still played that bad. It, well, and, and, you know, I'll stay with you is his play. And, and this is kind of a rhetorical question based on the, the film breakdown that, that you did and what we've all seen but is his play starting to affect other players? I yes and no. I mean, it, yeah. When we we talked about this last week when we interviewed Levon Kirkland, and he talked about that when you have faith in the other guys on the defense, yeah, you're willing to take point. more chances up front yep. because you know the other guys will be there to cover for you in the back. And the problem is, if you don't have that faith, if you don't have that trust, if you don't know the other guys are capable you're then going to essentially run yourself out of position by trying to do too much, which was what happened to Ryan Shazier a lot early in his career, that he was trying to do too much. He was trying to cover for people who stunk and and make plays all over and actually running himself out of the play. So the the defense as a whole has to work together as a cohesive unit. And Mm -hmm. I will say that 
since Mike Mitchell's been gone, the communication has been much better. But because when Mitchell was around, we always heard, oh, you know, big plays, <laughs> yeah. miscommunication. We're we're running the right things. We're just we have miscommunications. Well, you know, with Minka back there, the, the communications issues aren't nearly as bad as they were. Um, it's just it's decision making like no offense, TD. We were talking about it a little bit off yeah. the air. That Edmonds was lined up on him with outside position and just stood his ground and passed him off. And Devin Bush had to come from the inside hash marks to try and run down Fant all the way at the pylon on an, on an out route. And there's there's no way uh, Devin Bush is fast, but there's no way he's making that that ground up against the right. guy like Noah Fant. And Edmonds had the correct position in the correct spot. He had a hand on Fant. All he had to do was turn and run with him. And he just he passed him off and decided to double team a running back coming out of the backfield <laughs> and let Fant run by him wide open, hoping that, that Devin Bush would make it over from the inside hash mark. Like, uh, you know, if you just watched it on TV, you were like, "Oh, that was Devin Bush's guy. Right. He's too." No, you're low. right. Right, you're right. That coverage, but then when you watch the all twenty-two and you see what Edmonds did, you're like, "Holy crap! That is not Devin Bush's fault at all. Like, no. that was all on Edmonds." Well, exactly. so 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 Ben, how do you, how do you proceed? Uh, they're not going to sit him. Um, do, do they continue to do more of what we saw at the end of the game when he when he came off the edge, take him out of coverage, let him let him attack? Um, b- because it's clear he's he's a liability. I imagine they are probably going to have him blitz a little more often, um, and maybe that'll maybe that will improve his confidence and Mm -hmm. make him play better. I don't know. Um, His straight line speed is outstanding. We all know this. Yep. Um, He is a good blitzer. He can make plays. He can contribute that way. That is something you can do. Really, the big thing that sticks out to me about this is our safety depth is not great. Okay? You got Sean Davis behind him, though. And I got to wonder... I mean, there was a point where I thought Sean Davis, especially in run support, was an excellent strong safety. You know, you got to wonder. Yeah, at, yeah at this I, I point, agree with that. At this point, do you say, yeah, Sean, we're going to give you a shot, and we're going to see where this goes, and, you know, maybe we made a mistake here, and we don't give this guy his fifth-year option, and we have you guys – fight it out next season and, and see who the starter is going to be. And maybe at some point, especially if Edmonds doesn't play better than he did on Sunday, maybe at some point this year, he loses his spot yeah. to Davis because again, Davis also not great in coverage, um, but not that bad. I mean, my no. God, it was awful. I, you know, and, and every week, you know, the NFL has good tight ends, and every week you, you see one. But, you know, now this week you've got another guy coming in, uh, Brandon Fells, who's who's off to a real nice start, despite Houston's 0-2 start. He's had a very nice start to the year. And, man, he's a tall drink of water. He's another guy that gets gets places quickly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, so you got to think if you're Bill O'Brien, uh, you're, you're figuring out how do I how do I utilize him the way that, you know, the Giants kind of utilized Ingram and then definitely how the Broncos utilized fans. So um, I, I have to believe that's going to be a huge, a huge issue coming forward um, with that. But, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. And I, I don't mean to say that this defense isn't playing well because it, it it is. But as you guys both touched on, it's also not anywhere near where it, it's going to be. Um, and it does have you know, some things to clean up as coach Tomlin likes to talk about. Um, I, I do want to flip it over to offense just and talk a little bit about Benny Snell because, um, you know, when, when he came off that Giants game where, where he came in and Connor was dinged up and he, and he rushes for 118 yards. And, you know, I, I really thought, man, you know, if Connor's dinged up, how do you, how do you not start this kid? And, uh, you know, then he comes out early and, and fumbles and it's like, well, that's, that's how you get yourself off the field real fast. Um, Ian, do you, do you think he's, you know, Tomlin's just going to stick with, with Connor and, and run the wheels off type thing until, you know, Snell can prove he can hang on to the football. I think 
Tomlin's always been a guy to stick with his lead back and this game mm-hmm. in particular, especially coming off that Giants game when Snell was so good, was definitely a show of faith in James Conner, sometimes to a um a, a little to a detrimental um aspect that you know they they ran the ball on third and two from the two yard line and yeah. didn't even get close to the end zone because and they'd already gotten James Conner one touchdown but you know it seemed like they they really wanted Conner to to go off and, and show faith in him you know get him a touchdown mm-hmm. or two get him um, get him those short yardage carries use him as much as they could um, and, and Snell's fumble definitely played a factor in that but I think the the best case scenario for this offense is one where Connor gets 15 to 17 carries and Snell gets five or so a game and okay. um, you, you know where, where they can share the load a little bit you know let, let Snell pick up some of those short yardage carries some of those ones where you have to go and, and bang in there a little bit save some of the abuse on Connor's body because mm-hmm. as we've seen he's he's not a durable guy so he's not going to be able to take that abuse for a 16 game season you're going to need Snell at some point this year and it would be better if he had some kind of rhythm rather than just, you know, giving him one or two carries mm-hmm. a week and then hoping he can come in and start a game for you if Connor gets hurt. So it would be better if they could, you know, distribute a little more and share the load. By the way, Benny Snell had a great block on Chase Claypool's touchdown. If you go back and watch it, there's a free linebacker that comes right up the middle. And yeah, Snell gets right. just enough of him to give Ben time to get that ball out to Claypool. And that was so that's how you get on the field more. Mm-hmm. Even if you're fumbling, uh, that's how you get on the field more is plays like that, like being able to block because Jalen Samuels cannot block at all to save his life. So if nope. if Snell's going to get on the field, he's got to do those little things too, like showing he can blitz pick up. It no, it's points in the game. Too. No, it's a great, it's a great point, and it was a good pickup uh, on, on the touchdown to Claypool. Um, ben, go ahead and, and address Snell, but also to um, when you're done with that, if you choose to, uh, the debut of of Kevin Dotson too. Talk a little bit about uh, what we saw from the rookie at, at right guard. Well, Dotson already looks like a competent NFL offensive guard. He does, and that was his first start in rookie season. Um, I was really (laughs) impressed. Not so much by his dominant play, although at times as a running blocker, especially he was dominant, but Mm -hmm. the fact that he didn't make any mental mistakes, um, he was very aware on that Deontay Johnson touchdown, for example. Yeah. He saw Ben rolling out to the right and running forward. And he wasn't sure what Ben was doing, but he decided to run downfield with him because he, he saw him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, whatever my quarterback's doing, I'm going to run down there with him and make sure that, you know, he's got somebody protecting him. Uh, it, it was heady stuff like that. He, th- there was a, a touchdown James Conner put in, and uh, he chipped Chooks of a core force man and then mm-hmm. took his own man out and shoved him into the end zone. It just – it was like this guy already looks like he could be a starter for a long time and he's a rookie. So I would expect that next year that's your left guard and that, you know, they move forward, probably draft another center or, or guard or both. Yeah. And, uh, and let Matt Filer take off because Filer is going to get a, a pretty good offer. And yep. if you've got a guy who's going to be better than Filer already in house in the fold, why hang on to Filer? Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. unless you can keep him for depth, but I don't think he can. Uh, as far as Snell, is that that's what you want me to talk about? <laughs> well, if you had any thoughts on it, Ian covered it pretty well, and I, uh, I didn't he, want he to did. make sure you had a chance. Yeah, I, I think you know he he covered it very well. Um, yeah, Snell did some good things, but ball security continues to be an issue mm-hmm. and can't be. You you can't no. be a running back and put the ball on the ground. Um, Jalen Samuels, since we're on the subject of running backs, mm-hmm. continues to, to disappoint. Yeah. Um, I, you know, rookie year really looked like we had a guy that was going to be able to do little things that nobody else could mm-hmm. do. Uh, the last two seasons, he hasn't been much to write home about. And I really expected that this year, 
healthy coming in, knowing the scheme, knowing the mm-hmm. system, mm-hmm. knowing the players, knowing all the pieces that he was going to be better and bounce back. Uh, to this point, he really hasn't. Nothing to be impressed by. Um, yeah. Anthony McFarland, we still haven't seen. No. Uh, everybody needs to bear in mind that he's barely 5'9", weighs 190 pounds, cannot pick up the blitz, right. basically, is what we're being told. That's why he's not going to be playing on, on passing downs. Uh, at some point, I expect him to get some reps. But, you know, don't be disappointed if he doesn't get anything in September. It is what it is. He's a low man yeah. on the on yeah. the in the rotation right now. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I expect Snell, he's got the right attitude. I expect him to definitely to clean that up, be a little more careful. Uh, we're not talking about Rashard Mendenhall here where he carries the ball away from his body, you know, yeah, yeah. a whole too speaking well. Of, speaking of ball security and carrying it away from your body though, Deontay Johnson uh, is the yeah. left-hand player on the team with the ball in his hands, but he's also the guy that scares me the most with the ball yep. in his hands. And when, we talked about this, actually, I pat myself on the back a little bit. I mentioned this on the preseason podcast when mm-hmm. you know we said, mm-hmm. what can go wrong for this team? And I said, you know, Ben threw 16 interceptions his last season that he played a full season, which he's only thrown one this year, and that was on a bad throw. He's yeah. fine. But the other guy I mentioned was Deontay Johnson, who fumbled five times last year. And he's already put it on the ground a few times. So that's that's definitely an area that needs cleaned yeah. up. I, I made that point um, after the season on social media, on Twitter, and people argued with me. You know, Juju fumbled one time last year. Granted, it was mm-hmm. in a big moment. He fumbled once. Yep. yep. You know, and Johnson fumbled five times as a rookie, and his fumble rate was, like, significantly higher. Oh, you look at all good. the touches yeah. those guys had. It was like it was six times what Juju's was, and people weren't concerned with that, but they were concerned with Juju fumbling because he shouldn't fumble. Well, well he's fumbled twice in his career. I mean, come on, guys, let's let's keep this in perspective. Where Johnson, he's already had some issues yeah. with with fielding punts and with a fumble on an end around. What is his deal like when he first comes into the game? Has he got jitters and? He, to, <laughs> he, I, he I don't definitely know. looked nervous against the Giants. Oh man, and he looked nervous yeah. against the Broncos too. And it's like you know, you're coming around for an end around. It's a simple handoff, and you drop it. Come on, man. He he reminds me of remember the old baseball idea that when you've got that pitcher that that he always has an awful first inning, but if you can get him through it, then he's just a, an ace the rest of the game. Yeah. It's almost like you need to start Deontay in the in the hallway down there and say, "Hey, Deontay, it's the first quarter. Go ahead and get it out of your system." Time to yeah, warm up he, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he does. He 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 comes out so just just all over the place, and um, yeah. So uh, let me remind everybody that uh, the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast is uh, presented. If I can spit that out properly. By Deck Roofing Incorporated, serving Broward and the Southern Palm Beach counties. Uh, whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. And hopefully, our friends at Deck Roofing got the package I sent them this week. I haven't heard yet. Uh, a few shirts, koozies, decals, things like that. Either that, or they're just completely ignoring me, which I would not like. Um, the Houston. <laughs> which also wouldn't surprise me. Uh, the Houston Texans come into town, guys, and, and look, this they're 0-2. Um, the, the first two weeks of the season, they played the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, and then they had to host the Baltimore Ravens, um, and now they play the Steelers. So they, they have yet to play a team that has lost a game. Um, and it, it, look, it's a, it's a hornet's nest for them. They've been giving up more pressure than any other team in the league, and now they got to play the Steelers. Whoa. Okay. So, Ian, uh, what about these Houston Texans? What do the Steelers need to do to make sure they get a W on Sunday? So, the Texans have also given up over 30 points in both games and given up over 160 yards rushing in both yeah. games. So, they're, Houston's pass defense is actually okay, but their their run defense is absolutely dreadful. So, um, got to control the clock. And, I mean, pre- obviously, we'll get pressure on Deshaun Watson. The, the thing 
that's different about Watson than the two, three, I guess, quarterbacks we've faced already is that he can make throws down the field with accuracy when he's on the move. And, you know, the other guys, you flush them out of the pocket. They, they weren't going to be able to hit guys down the field. Watson has a ton of arm strength and is kind of used to running for his life back there behind that dreadful he offensive has, line yes. and is is capable of making throws down the field. So I'm interested to see if we actually blitz less and just bring four more often than not and maybe keep one guy back in the middle as kind of a, a spy to, to keep an eye mm-hmm. on him from scrambling or just to keep more guys back in coverage because they've got speedy receivers in, in Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks that can um, you know, fly around the field and can definitely yep. be matchup problems for our cornerbacks. And you already mentioned Fells, the tight end. They've got David Johnson, who was uh, sort of the, the counterpart to Le'Veon Bell, did a lot of similar things when he was when Johnson was in Arizona, and then Johnson had a couple knee injuries, wasn't yeah. quite the same, but looked decent uh, in the opener against uh, the the Chiefs. But um, you know, it's one of those things where Houston just got down by so much they had to completely yeah. abandon the run and then yep. um, just let both defenses really just tee off on them. So. Um, but but Watson really scrambling with his legs and making plays on the run is probably what scares me the most in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And if if we can contain that and limit those opportunities that he has, and really the key is that when we have a shot at him, we have to get him on the ground. We can't let him scramble outside the pocket and make plays. We gotta gotta just get get him on the ground basically yeah, when you no, have a chance I, I, to make a sack and then when we're on offense we should be able to run on this team there's no question about that uh, yeah they are ranked 31st in the nfl against the run right now well um, and it's, it's only two weeks you know. into it to that season we talked about with yep. no preseasons that's not yep. necessarily a an accurate reflection of the situation well, plus they played baltimore who runs the ball a ton who runs so, the ball very yeah. well exactly you know yep. they've played they played kansas city and baltimore they played the probably the two best teams in the league and they got their ass handed to them twice. Yeah. Uh, which is actually, you know, that does a lot for a team's confidence. I mean, it's, sure. it, you know, they, they, they kind of got their butts kicked. What the Steelers need to do is, is a few things. Number one, they need to come out right away and take the wind out of the Texans sails immediately. We just, the point I just yeah. made about them getting their butts kicked the first two weeks of the season, mm-hmm. that can be, you know, it can be really, really hard in your confidence. And what they need to do is capitalize on that and come out and hit them hard right away. Boom. And yes, I mean, obviously, they are not a great run defense. Their pass defense, who knows? Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they've lost some players, too. They really haven't been tested in the air because – it's kind of easy to run the ball, so why not just run the ball? The yeah. Steelers have got to establish the run, and they've got to pressure Watson on defense. Watson, well, the Texans are are tied for the league lead right now in sacks allowed. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the Steelers are undoubtedly going to get some sacks, get some pressure on Watson, move him around. Their tackles are terrible. I expect Watt and Dupree to have a really nice day. I also expect them to follow suit with the other teams, the other two teams that the Steelers have played have done and give more pressure to, excuse me, more attention to Watt than to Dupree, mm-hmm. uh, which is dumb in as much as Dupree's going to win one-on-ones. And if you're going to give him one, he's going to get pressures continually. But, I guess the feeling is that Watt is going to win one-on-ones even more easily and the pressures are going to come too. So, you know, pick your poison. Um, I I think that obviously Cam Hayward doesn't feel like any interior lineman can block him one-on-one in the league. That's He's flat out said that. Uh, Tuitt seems to be drawing a lot of double teams. And in doing so, he's freeing other people up. So... You know, it's all good. Yeah. From yeah. my standpoint, I don't expect them to blitz as much this week as they had as they had the the previous two. Mm-hmm. But I expect a little blitzing. I expect even four man rushes to get home because that offensive line is terrible. 
Yeah. And yeah, it's not good for Watson to be throwing the ball off of his spot, um, you know, off his back foot, away from where he intended being when they when the play was drawn up, and having to make some tough throws. Now he's got arm strength, as Ian pointed out. He can put the ball any place, um, so he's still dangerous. And if if Edmonds misses assignments like he did last week, again this week, we're going to see some big plays given up. I mean, that's just an example. Anybody else yeah. can blow an assignment too, but sure. if assignments are blown, he will take advantage. He's a smart quarterback. He's got a big arm. Uh, he, you know, he's going to take advantage of it. If you if you make a mistake, you're you're going to lose that down. Um, offensively, I hope Ben settles down a little bit. Um, is more accurate this week than he was last. Uh, I thought that he regressed a little bit from week one. That's not exactly accurate because the first quarter of the first game, he was, Mm -hmm. he was pretty bad, but then he settled down and he played better. Um, it just seemed like against Denver that he, he took a few more chances but he also had some bad throws, um, throws that mm-hmm. should have been picked. I, I saw at least two more throws where he should have been picked. And you know, as Ian pointed out, that's Ben. That's what he's always done. It's the way he's always played. Yep. But I hope he settles down just a little bit. And and to his credit, he acknowledged that he did not play well and he needed to clean that up. You know, right after the game, so uh, he, he knew what was going on. Um, as Tomlin pointed out, you know, the, the team as a whole has some lessons to learn. They got some things they need to work out and clean up. But it's nice to learn those lessons and still get a win. And win. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you, you've used the term sloppy several times. And that, and that to me, is, is a, uh, a, a very appropriate word. Because I, I, I see them doing a lot of good things, but but I also see some sloppiness. I see some things that, that I know as players bothers them. Um, and they want to, they want to take care of that, but, but also too, and you guys both said this, you don't, nobody wants to peak in September or October, you know, you, you want to be playing well, of course, but you really want to be playing well once you, you get out of Thanksgiving and into December. So, you know, if these are things that can get cleaned up, then, then all the better, Um, you know, Ian, any parting shots on uh, uh, tonight? Yeah, I think it's important to remember that power rankings don't matter. That oh the Steelers are the Steelers are not playing don't for a BCS or college football playoff committee <laughs> that's going to rank them based on how many points they win by. Like Ben said, a win is a win, and we're going to look back. You know, in December, we're not going to look back at this game and say. Oh no, the Steelers only beat the Broncos by five. They should have smoked that team. We're gonna look back and say, Boy, I'm glad we have that win under our belts. That's really helping our, our playoff positioning right now. So a victory is a victory any way you slice it. And it's you know, getting a win in the NFL is not always easy. I mean, the Chiefs got taken to overtime by the oh, Chargers. Yep. So it's you know, like we said, we got the win. Not a lot of guys got it. Is no serious injuries, got a couple small bumps and bruises, but mm-hmm. uh, you know the Steelers haven't um, you know haven't started the season strong a ton lately, and and that's worth noting that you know this is a two and zero start is not something to be taken for granted either. Um, no. That uh, you know this is this no. is not uh, something that happens to us you know every single year, and I. I mentioned on twitter that this is just the the seventh 2-0 start by the steelers in the ben roethlisberger era and this is what 17 years for ben now yes um, yep. and so just to real quick go through the the previous 2-0 starts 2005 we started 2-0 won the super bowl that year 2007 we started 2-0 we won the division that year mm-hmm. 2008 we started 2-0 won the super bowl that year also uh 2010 we started 2-0 went to the Super Bowl. Uh 2016 and 2017 we started 2 and 0 and won the division. So, um the the only time we started 2 and 0 and didn't win the division was 2005 when we just missed it and 
got the wild card and won the Super Bowl. But every time under Mike Tomlin that we've started 2-0, and we've gone on to win the division. So, you know, starting the season is a great – with wins is a great yeah. springboard into late in the year. And we've seen the last few years that, you know, the Steelers have – Every time in the Mike Tomlin era, the Steelers have missed the playoffs. They've been the first team out. So with the seventh playoff team this year, you know, the mm-hmm. chances of increase mm-hmm. of us making it, but also the chances of getting one of those better seeds is is also dramatically increased with a good start to the season. Yeah. Uh, the, the 2-0 and thing is assuring. The 3-0 and thing is really nice. The the percentage jumps even more uh, of 3-0 and teams that eventually make the postseason. So uh, something to keep an eye on there. Ben, any uh, parting shots uh, for Steeler Nation? Well, I, I'm watching this uh, this Dolphins-Jaguars game, and I expected it to be a real stinker. Uh, the Dolphins uh-huh. were, are actually a three-point underdog, and they're winning big right now, 28-13 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you just you kind of never know what's going to no. happen, as Ian alluded to, any given Sunday, you know, where it's like, hey, these are – all these guys are getting paid. They're all really good athletes. Mm-hmm. And at, at any point, somebody you face that you don't think is that great is going to bring their A game. And, you know, you either withstand it and make it work or you don't. And I, I want to reiterate that I think that people are going to look back at that Denver game later on in the season and they're going to go, ah, that wasn't that bad. It wasn't that big a deal. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. and, no, I, I agree. We'll we'll see when that comes. Um, Steelers fans are super patient with the Steelers and my <laughs> Yes, patience and Steelers fans go hand in hand. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, wow. Well, and on that note, good time to get get on out of here. Uh, one o'clock start on Sunday uh, from Heinz Field and ten o'clock. Uh, uh, sorry, ten o'clock. Oh, 10, 10 o'clock if you're on the yeah. left coast. 7.30 uh, breakfast, start drinking, and then 10 o'clock, football. Yeah, and, and so what that means is by like, uh, uh, what, what's that, like 2, 3 o'clock Pacific time, you're, you're already in bed and wake up for Monday, right? No. No. Two o'clock, kind of. We're, at 2 o'clock, <laughs> we're having victory beers at the next bar. I mean, you don't. Well. You don't just let's hope so. I I agree with you, Ben. I'd like to see him get off to a good start. And, you know, you got an 0 2 team, just just put them down and uh, and and keep the keep the foot right to the the pedal and go from there. But uh, for Ian and Ben, uh, this is Steel Dad signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck. Well, not really, but yeah, they do.